Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy you are here. My goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga, massage, body work, and beyond. Follow us at Native Yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. All right, let's begin. Welcome to the Native Yoga Toddcast. I'm so excited to introduce to you Lindsay Gonzalez. Please check Lindsay out at her website, lindsaygonzalesyoga.com. I'm going to put multiple other links in the description below, places that you can find Lindsay. You can find her on Instagram, the handle Lindsay Gonzalez Yoga. You can also check out her yoga and surf retreat center in El Salvador, Central America, called Balance Surf and Yoga on a website called elsalvadoryoga.com. They also have a website called sunzal.com. And there'll be a couple of other links in there as well. I'm so pleased to have this chance to meet Lindsay and to talk about her life down in El Salvador, taking people surfing, teaching them yoga as a birth doula and in leading transformational breath work, workshops and classes. And so with that being said, also, if you all enjoy this show, if at the end, if you can write a quick review and or leave a rating and review, I really, 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 really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So let me go ahead and um, let's get into the discussion. Here we go. I'm so happy to have this chance to speak with you. This is Lindsay Gonzalez. And Lindsay, you're joining us from El Salvador. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for this connection. I'm I'm really appreciative. My friend Alexandra, who lives down in El Salvador, she recently wrote me and said, you got to come do a yoga and surf retreat down here in El Salvador. And she sent me your information, which um, led me to be able to get in touch with you. And therefore, I'm so appreciative for you to take time out of your busy schedule. Can you tell me how your yoga journey began? Oh, so it's actually come full circle in in a way. I was a young girl just out of high school and I moved to Costa Rica and kind of did it on a on a whim. I, I thought, I don't know if I'm going to go to college right away, but I know I need to go and get better at surfing. And so I bought a one-way ticket to Costa Rica almost over 20 years ago. Wow. And I lived on the beach with these two women that were just a few years older than me, but they were both yoga teachers from California. And they were there doing the traveler thing. And they had a little tiny yoga room set up. And we would invite all the local surfers over and they would teach yoga. I I had come off of a, you know, life of being young life of being an athlete. And I was really flexible. And so they said, Lindsay, you have to be a yoga teacher. (laughs) You're good at this. And that was the first nudge. And it's interesting that I'm back in Latin America at this point in my life, still doing exactly what they nudged me to do. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Very cool. And 
But so then I'm guessing in that 20 year period, you then went back to the States and then have been traveling back and forth between U.S. and Central America. U.S. and and all over, really. I I went back to the States and I said, well, I think it's time. I was 21. I said, maybe I should go to college. So I, I went to college, but I ended up spending all of my time in the yoga studio just down the road. And, uh, you know, being from the East Coast, you may have heard of Charm City Yoga. It was in Baltimore for a long time. And they they recently were bought by Yoga Works. But I trained at Charm City 20 years ago with Kim Manfredi and give her so much love and respect over the last 20 years. She's really been a guide in my life. Nice. And then, um, but I've always had this this love of surf. So, you know, I was back and forth between Central America and the U.S. and different states that I lived in in the U.S. Nice. And how long have you been in El Salvador now? It's been about six years. Wow. Yeah. And both you and your husband, is it Adrian? You guys work together and and manage the whole center together? We do it all. (laughs) The family life work life. <laughs> nice. Do you have children? Yes. We do. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. We have two little babies. Um, our son, Luca is three and a half and our daughter, Livia, she goes by Livia Paloma. So she kind of has two names, but she's one and a half. Nice. Congratulations. Did you. you, did you both meet in El Salvador or here in the States? So funny enough, we met in Colorado And he walked into my yoga class in the middle of winter. And I had just gotten back from leading a retreat in Panama. Uh And I was telling my regular students about the event and how much I love visiting Latin America. And he was just very kind and sitting in the back of the room. And he said, have you ever been to El Salvador? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, that's the only place I haven't been in Latin America. And he said, oh, I should tell you about my project down there. And we became friends. You know, it was a a two year friendship before we before we started our romance. And he invited me down to El Salvador, actually, for a job. (laughs) So he invited me down to help him open and run the yoga retreat center and really bring it to what it is now. And very quickly, we we found that that we would be great partners in life. That's amazing. Very cool story. Did so what is it like running a yoga retreat center in El Salvador? Oh gosh, um it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we have to prioritize time for surfing now where before we did this we would surf a lot. Yeah. But it's it's really been such an amazing project to work on together. And now after being closed for about a year, Mm. we're reopened. We have new rooms. We have a retreat here right now that is wonderful. And we have another small group of um, professional young surfers from Panama. So there's a lot of life here and a lot of good vibes. So it is a lot of work, of course, but the work is fun. I bet. And I got to go surfing with the customers <laughs> today. So that was great. 
That is amazing. That sounds like the dream job for sure. Um, just so everyone listening can find you on your personal website, which is lindsaygonzalesyoga.com. And then also you have a website, elsalvadoryoga.com. If people are interested in looking at balance, surf, and yoga. And also I just want to make mention that you're on Instagram as well at Yoga and Balanced Surf Yoga, which I'll have all those links down below so people can check out like photos and get a visual on what it is you, you all are doing. Your center looks really beautiful. Like it looks like it has an amazing pool and rooms. I saw from looking at your Instagram today that you have a new cafe opening that is inspired in Balinese style architecture or at least decor. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So separately of each other, my husband and I both spent quite a few years going back and forth to Bali for different reasons. I I was there to teach yoga teacher trainings and he was there to go surfing. And years and years ago, he had a small jewelry business with his mother and they sourced a lot of jewelry from Bali. So he was spending time and then finally we got to go to Bali together. And when we were there together on our, our last trip right before the pandemic, we, we said, this is it. We have to take as many pictures as we can. We have to remember this feeling and bring it to Latin America and then create it in a Latin American way. That's but cool. I think the, yeah. the Balinese style is, is beautiful with hardwoods and natural fibers and, Lots of very intelligent details that make the stay feel luxurious and rustic at the same time. Mm. Nice. That sounds amazing. Did you find architect and or builder in El Salvador to build for you? Or is that something that you both were hands-on in? Very hands-on. We we worked with a local architect and we had fun meetings where we would come to her with all of these ideas and then she would put it onto paper. And a lot of times she would say the builders have never done anything like this before. So we're going to be able to teach them a new skill. And, and that was an exciting project. Even, even in regards to like the, the thatch roof in one of our buildings, the thatch is done in a Balinese style versus a Latin American style. So very different, very challenging, but um it, it works and it's beautiful. Nice. We're so proud. That's really cool. That sounds amazing. Is it officially open now or are you just a few days away? Well, everything is officially open except <laughs> for the cafe. The, right. the cafe will open on November 12th, which oh, cool. is just a few days away. Congratulations. That's amazing. Um, I'm curious, since you are deep in the yoga world and also in the surf culture. Can you tell me what it's like to blend these two art forms together? Do you see a lot of similarity, similarity between these two practices? Oh, yes. I, I really feel like yoga and surfing go together perfectly because they, they kind of balance the opposites. You know, and no pun intended. I always find myself giggling when I say balance, balance, balance over and over again. But it's uh, it is the the balance of the opposites. It's the the hands together. It's the samastitihi. It's all of that. 
So in surfing, you usually are looking up and arching your spine and spotting your direction so that you can catch the wave. But in yoga, we do a lot of internal work. And so curling into the body, rounding the spine, rounding into the neck, and then finding more expansion. So they, they, they go together perfectly. I have to, you know, I, I was about to say, like, I have to go surfing on a daily basis and I have to do my yoga practice to heal my body from all of the hard work of surfing. That's cool. I hear you that, 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 uh, that makes perfect sense. I feel the same way. We where our studio is is uh, steps away from the ocean, and there's nothing like if having a really big day to be able to get into the salt water. And even if it's just for a swim, we definitely do not have waves like you do in El Salvador. Uh, I'm curious, what is the surf season like there in terms of like if a beginner comes and has never really been in the ocean and is really new to the ocean environment. Is there a time of year where it's a little bit more conducive to that? Yes. I'm glad you asked because November 1st is the day that it turns into summer here. Mm. It's the end of the rainy season. The month of November is one of the most beautiful times to be here. The, the waves are a little bit smaller and the rainy season is over. So the water feels a lot cleaner, very fresh, but there's greenery all around. So sitting out in the ocean is just magnificent to look back at the green hillsides nice but no november through april to answer your question Mm. is really the best time for beginners or travelers that are like surfing but they don't surf all of the time but they want the combination of surf and yoga that's the best time of year to come because the other time of the year is when it gets quite big I'm gathering from, from hearing my friends that travel down there to go surf. They were there recently or when they were there last, they said it was really big and almost yeah. too big, like, like a lot of work just to, to get out yeah. there to, and I'm curious, um, do you surf big waves? Are you out there when it's at its peak? You know, I, I do not, not huge waves, but we are the land. El Salvador is the land of right hand point breaks. And opposite from beach breaks, beach breaks just kind of come at you and they're harder to get out. But the beauty of a point break is it's a rocky point and you can paddle into a channel and then take the channel out to the wave without a lot of fuss, catch the wave, ride it down the line and then get right back to the channel. Yes. So I think that's why El Salvador is so accessible for people that are even at just an intermediate level Mm. is that it helps them advance their surfing. When you're taking newbies out, are there, are there some soft sandy beach break places that you go to take them out in? Yes. Yes. And so our little town is, is in a cove called El Tunco Mm -hmm. and El Tunco is predominantly a river rock break. But during the months of November through April, all of the river rock is covered up with sand. And the sand is pulled onto the beach, covers the rock, makes it much more friendly. So we have two spots right out front of where we are where people can learn how to surf. And then the next cove, just a five-minute drive down the road, is an all-sand beach. So Perfect. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 
and and where you guys where your yoga shala is and or yoga studio and accommodation is it right on the ocean or are you up on a hill somewhere <laughs> yeah no we we're pretty close to the ocean we're about a 3 minute walk wow but we're right right in front of the river mouth of a point right called la bocana and la bocana is incredible it's actually one of the only lefts but it also works as a right and it's the wave that was the olympic qualifier in 2020 or 2021 the olympic 2021 qualifier so that is steps away from our front door very cool can you give me some inkling or insight into say i mentioned to somebody um I'm getting ready to go to El Salvador and their reaction here. Maybe they haven't traveled much and they're in the States and they go, Ooh, isn't that dangerous down there? Uh, be careful. Yeah. Is that, um, does that hold any truth for you or is that more just maybe folks that don't travel a lot that get nervous about thinking about being outside of the States, more of a, a myth. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. You know, that that comment alone is probably what kept me from coming here for a long time is just a warning. And I didn't really know what it meant. And so I said, okay, well, maybe I should actually go check this place out because Adrian says it's wonderful. So let's see what it's all about. Yeah. It's where we live. So some some that is a safety concern. But where we live, it's 45 minutes from the San Salvador airport. The San Salvador airport is actually on the coastline. It's not in the city of San Salvador. And I do tell people that when traveling anywhere in the world, travel with caution. You, you don't want to be out in the city late at night in a neighborhood that you're unaware of. And so when you fly into San Salvador, you would fly into the airport and drive along the coast for 45 minutes and you get directly to our door. Our business is inside of a guarded and gated town called El Tunco. And so what I appreciate so much about this town, especially raising my babies here, is that there is a police station within the community. And in El Salvador, the police are really the good guys. So you know that, or I know that I can go to them if something is feels uncomfortable and they can assist. Yeah. Cool. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm curious also is, um, do you travel around El Salvador much or do you pretty much stay? I mean, you guys are so busy and you have your business and, um, have you had a chance to travel around El Salvador? Yeah, we have, we've had so many amazing trips. We usually go twice a year on big excursions to different parts of the country to check out the lake or the volcanoes or the waterfalls or some other surf breaks. And 
I've never had a bad experience in El Salvador. That's cool. I feel really comfortable with the people here. And, you know, one, one of the amazing things is that the infrastructure is so lovely. The roads are great. So driving around, you're not driving on potholes. And the people are lovely and kind and welcoming. That sounds amazing. I'm curious, Lindsay, what is your um, background in different yoga styles and traditions? Do you have a specific style that you gravitate toward during your daily practice? Or um, are you well-versed in multiple different approaches? Oh, great. Yeah, I I feel like I'm pretty well-versed. I started <laughs> as a young athlete with Ashtanga being my main focus. And learning all of the, the history and the philosophy around Ashtanga gave me a very good foundation as to what yoga is. My, my teacher, Kim Manfredi, she trained directly with Patabi Joyce. And so I feel very held on the shoulders of the teachers before me. Um, when I moved to Colorado, so I lived in Colorado for a long time. When I moved out there, I got immersed in the Iyengar culture. I, I just felt the intelligence behind the Iyengar teachings, and I found Anusara and started practicing Anusara. So my, my style has evolved a lot throughout the years from a strict Ashtanga practice to a very fluid and athletic vinyasa style practice. And now I, I call myself an align and flow teacher. Cool. So alignment based with intelligent movements. And uh, I've spent a lot of time studying in the Pilates world. I'm not a Pilates teacher, but I, I do really value the pelvic floor work and the core work that comes with that. And I try to incorporate it into my classes. Very cool. It seems like a logical progression if we're starting off in Ashtanga to at some point uh, really appreciate some nice, gentle, restorative alignment-based yoga as well. Do you agree? I, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with age. <laughs> yes. How, how do you, do you feel like the process of practicing yoga and getting out in the surf regularly kind of keeps you in that level of fitness or have you had any challenges over the years in terms of any injuries and or rehab needing to rehab anything? Luckily I have not had a lot of injuries in either surfing or yoga. But, but yoga has evolved for me. There have been times in my life where I've needed gentle, restorative years. And there's also been times in my life where I need fast, athletic, long periods of time. So luckily, you know, the, the yoga mat is always there and it's, it's there even if you just have to want to sit and cry for a minute. <laughs> it's, it's a good spot to hang out. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Good point. I noticed as well, one thing that got me really excited to have a chance to speak with you is uh, my wife gave birth to our children at home in the water with a midwife. And I noticed that you're a birth doula. Can you yes. talk a little bit about how you got interested in becoming a birth doula and what you are, how you're servicing in that field now? Thank you. Yes. So this actually starts as a surfing story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
my my husband and I were on the trip of a, the surf trip of a lifetime in the Mentawai Islands of Sumatra, Indonesia, and we we were talking about how much we loved each other and that we wanted to have a baby in the next couple of years. And we came home from that trip to find out that we were pregnant. And so it's, it's a fun surf story, you know, don't take (laughs) your girlfriend on a, on a surf trip, (laughs) (laughs) but we, we were so excited to find out that we were pregnant and I, I didn't know a lot about pregnancy or birth or any of that. I just wasn't immersed in that world. And my friends are all having babies later in life. So I said, okay, I think I need a midwife. And I think I need to learn how to do this. Like, I, I want to dive in. And he was in full agree, you know, he agreed fully that he would support me in this process. Mm. So I, I started to learn about, about hypnobirthing. And I started to learn about doula work. And I said, well, I'm going to hire a midwife and a doula. And I'll, I'll never forget my first meeting with my midwife. She just calmed my nerves. She made me feel so comfortable and welcome and special. And so that, that work, it, it also made me feel similar to how I feel about the yoga world. Everyone is so accepting and loving and kind. And I hired the same doula for both of my babies. And she, she said to me, you should become a doula. Similar to my yoga story with the girls in Costa Rica. They just said, do this. <laughs> yeah. And I, I heard the calling loud and clear. So That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Did you have both your children at home as well? Or did you uh, go to the hospital or... What was your situation? Yeah, my, my son, my son, we were we were here in El Salvador through both of our pregnancies, but we went back to the US to have our children. Um, my son was born at a birthing center, naturally in the birth tub. And it was a really spiritual hypnobirth experience. It was a really wonderful, gentle birth. I I just couldn't even believe it, you know, and I'll tell you a small snippet of the story. As he was being born, as he was descending in my pelvis, I got into hypnosis so deeply that I, I didn't really feel pain or discomfort. But in my mind, I went to the visual of red, orange, yellow, red, orange, yellow. And that is the kaleidoscope of the lower three chakra colors. And I saw this kaleidoscope of color and it was really fascinating. So rather than thinking about what was happening in my body, I, I, I leaned into the visualization and then he was born. And the wow. midwife had to rush to flag my husband and say, hey, <laughs> the baby's coming out. Get back in here. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, because... Yeah. Uh, I know obviously for a lot of women, it's a very painful experience. So the fact that you're able to actually put yourself into that level of hypnosis and, and work through it on that level is really amazing. That's incredible. It, it was the, I'm, I'm so grateful. This, that birth was the greatest gift of, of my lifetime. It just, Change, it changed the course of my life and it, it made me want to help other women to experience something similar and, and to guide them in this path. 
so then my my daughter I said to my my doula hey I think I want to have a home birth because I have this two-year-old now and how will I go to a birth center with a two-year-old and she said great idea you are going to have a home birth and we just followed that path um my I have a, a a deep tub thankfully at our our house in when we have our U.S. home is in Washington and I have a nice deep tub. So I showed her the space and she was very comfortable with that idea. My daughter was born at home, just steps away from my bed. And her birth story is also a hypnobirth story. It's a little different because my with my son, I had a very long labor and my water broke very early in my labor. With my daughter, I had a very short labor just three hours and my water did not break until a few minutes before she was born. So it was a little different in the way that there was one great effort on my part. And I remember visualizing this like, like kind of Kali goddess. And there was a roar that (laughs) came out of me, but not, not like a deep guttural roar. It was more like a, ah, like an ohm. And, uh, and, and she was born with sound into the water, but also very, very much pain-free, very comfortable births. That's amazing. I, I know a lot of people, I remember when we were preparing to for my wife to have a home birth, we found that we needed to be very careful about who we told that we were doing that. Other people that were supportive of the idea were, you know, really supportive, obviously. And then if I told maybe someone that worked at the hospital or something, maybe a physician or somebody they, you know, would meet us with like, are you crazy? That's why we have medical science. This, this is why we have hospitals. If What if something happens? And planting a lot of doubt about the safety of that experience. And uh, we had such incredible situations both times that um we were thankful that we didn't weren't persuaded by that and that we uh, held true to the idea um what do you as working as a doula do you find that you come across this sort of support slash you know are you crazy concept often yes yes <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I think, you know, humanity, we want to protect each other, but we're, we're actually express in, in expressing the discomfort around a home birth. I think people are just expressing their own fears. And in, in my work with hypnosis and hypnotherapy, it's, it's about creating healthy boundaries and stepping into your own power as a, as a woman and as a family so that in the classes that I teach, the the father is very present or the birth companion is very present and they have a role to support and help the mother release any fears or anxieties or tension or pain. And then pain can be transformed through this practice of visualization. And, and you know this through your own work and through meditation that we can really decide to change our own minds and release the, the fears of others, Mm. the fears of others. Good point, Lindsay. That's amazing. Do your, have your children, 
expressed uh, curiosity for the ocean and surfing? Yes. Well, my, <laughs> yeah. my son... do, do they have a choice? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. no, not really. <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> my my son <laughs> is three and a half, and by the time he was two and a half, he was an incredible swimmer. Mm. And we we didn't do any sort of training. We just put him in the pool every day and made water very comfortable. Yeah. And so now my my little daughter is jumping in the pool. You know, so she's excited to be a part of that as well. The, the waves, the waves are still big and scary, but the beach is fun and the tide pools are, are where they're happy. That's cool. But my, my son is very cute. He likes to show people his surfer stance and he likes to stand on the boards and wax the boards. So we'll take it slow, but they have to be strong swimmers first. I hear you. Yeah. When you're in a more serious environment like that, it's, it's a little different than just playing in a little kind of tide pool by the ocean. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Some of the yeah. similar, I, I'm always, uh, because I love surfing and yoga, I'm always looking for, you know, similar similarities in terms of the two practices and, and differences and, and how they kind of help and, uh, feed each other. And, uh, one thing I noticed that in the surf world, there's this like dream of being alone in an uncrowded space where there's not a lot of competition. And then when I observe, like we have a pier here, Juno Pier, and when the waves are good, there's so many people in the water and it's really competitive. And you, know, you kind of see people getting really aggressive and angry and, um, you know, there's just like so much emotion and testosterone sometimes. And, uh, and I'm curious and in the yoga world, I don't feel like when we go into a crowded yoga room, it's exactly the same type of competition. Cause it's different. Like with waves, there's only like two, three, four waves coming in a set and there's a hundred people all trying to get those four waves. So you have like, so many people competing for a small resource and sometimes that doesn't bring out the best in humanity. But I noticed like in a larger yoga setting, because we're all on our mats, it's not really competitive because we're not like going to get a, uh, like a yoga wave in the room or something <laughs> like, yeah. but sometimes there is competition, I think in terms of trying to impress others and like show off and, there is a little bit of that, or I've definitely, I've felt that myself. So I'm aware that, you know, I have to, you know, taper that. And I, and I also feel like in yoga, I do dream of a silent retreat and like being, you know, off alone for just a few days to really have quiet space and enjoy meditation and practice. Do you have any thoughts around those thoughts? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was I was in the water today and it was I was at a break called Sunzal, which is one of those beautiful right hand point breaks. And there's never any competition out there. Never. Um <laughs> I today there was and it felt different. And I had to come back to my my yoga space and come back to the hotel and say, Wow. I, I'm really surprised that that happened today. 
you know, but, but it's also, I think going back to the other story about other people, that's, that's them and not me. And so we get to choose how we respond in those types of interactions and the surfing world can be quite aggressive at times, but I was out there with a couple girlfriends and we just said, you know what, let's just go in. We'll go surfing later when that energy isn't there. Mm. And so I think that's the the vibe here in El Salvador is the the vibe of buena onda, which means like good vibes or cool, like chill, tranquilo, like understanding that we can, the waves will still come and we don't have to fight for them. So it depends on what kind of surfer you are. Yeah. I, I, I do like to travel to the places with the uncrowded waves though. I, yes. I definitely do. Yeah. Agreed. There's a a good wave about 20 minutes up the coast from us that my husband and I went and had a great date at the other day. And so we we needed that. We needed to get away from the local waves so that we could go to something that not everyone knows about. And there are still secrets around the world. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Do you have, like, if you had to pick, like, your top two or three yoga poses post a surf session what would be your go-to poses Mm, like a like a rabbit position you (laughs) know the the rabbit pose from the Bikram series I'm not a big fan of the the Bikram series for my personal life but that pose is gold after surfing and starting to breathe into the intercostal muscles of the of the ribs. Good answer. Getting that that all moving again. Yeah. And maybe maybe like a another, you know, I it's cat cow, but with rotating the ribs and hips. Mm. So I call it cleaning out the inside of an almond butter jar with your rib cage. Nice. That feels good after surfing. Lots of mobility and flexion extension and side bending very cool can you explain what the teaching situations are like where you're at in terms of i feel like i read that you're in charge of the trainings and or do you offer teacher trainings there in el salvador we we did we offered a teacher training here in 20 18 and we have not offered one again here yet but we will in the future but right now we are the only yoga studio in the town of el junco so Mm. people come from all over and can drop into any of the yoga classes excuse me we also have some workshops going on and i guide i hold space or facilitate space for transformational breath work as well and that has been a really wonderful offering in this community. A lot of travelers find out about it. And then a lot of the the local community and expats are coming to breath work to do some big healing work. Nice. Can you, yeah. can you describe what a transformational breath work class is like? Sure. Um, it's, you know, it's about two hours long. So it's a long evening. I hold the classes in the evenings and we breathe in a certain pattern so that you can release the co- the conscious mind and tap into whatever the subconscious experience needs to share with you. 
And it could be a subconscious experience of grief patterns in your body and in your life that you're holding on to or traumas can definitely be supported through breath work or past life experiences. It can be quite profound. And so in a breath work class, you will just lay on your back and you can have a little eye covering and have something behind your knees and you do this breath pattern that eventually starts to take over and you have to surrender, right? So as a participant in your own life, it's important to get out of get out of our own way. So that's the work of breath work is to see what comes up. I, I sometimes tell people that this is similar to plant medicine, but without the plant medicine, mm. you know, it's yes. just the power of your breath. You probably maybe on purpose choose not to explain the exact breath technique, but I'm just curious, is it one where you're exhaling really intensely or because um, I've heard I've never actually taken like an official transformational breath uh, workshop. I did one recently in a style that some, the facilitator called it reset breath work. And it was um, like uh, three short inhales and a long exhale. And it, and it really like, I didn't think it was going to be, I just thought, how could this be an intense experience? And people beforehand had kind of warned like your hands can almost like crab claw because it draws all the, prana into the center of your body and obviously with like the change in the oxygen and carbon dioxide ratios in the body. And I, when I heard that, I was like, Oh, okay, we're just going to breathe. I don't see how that could happen, but it was so intense. Oh my gosh. Like I did not expect. And, um, I'm curious, is it, is it, well, when you said if this is a little bit like a plant medicine ceremony, but without the plant medicine, it sounds to me like these experiences can be extremely profound can you talk, yes. are you able to talk similar. about that? Yeah. Sure. Of course. Yeah. It's similar. It's, you know, in the past it's been called a holotropic breathing. And so different than the three short breaths, we do a big, strong, powerful inhale and a very soft, light exhale. And so it's kind of a, a pattern and I, I describe it like climbing a roller coaster. So it's this, <gasps> like you're climbing to get to the top of the experience. And then the body is so over oxygenated that there may be a point of suspension mm. where consciously you'll say, I'm, I'm not breathing, but subconsciously you're saying I'm getting exactly enough of what I, I need, or I already have inside of me what I need. And so it's a, it's interesting. Yes, it is a play on the balance of the, of the, um, oxygen but the the hand position that you're talking about is called tetany and that is very common in any type of holotropic or transformational or rebirthing breath work mm. and so that's that happens when there's a, a holding pattern in the mind if the mind is holding on to something very deeply it will show up in the body and maybe you've, you've read or heard of the book the body keeps the score I refer to this book a lot because the body is trying to tell us something when it curls into a tetany pattern. And so it's at the point when we get out of our own way that the body actually releases the tetany pattern. Interesting. And then it feels quite euphoric. 
And so it can feel quite spiritual. And it could be in combination with either laughing, which is very euphoric, or or tears and crying, which is also a wonderful release. Interesting. So, yeah, so when, there's a when, lot to say about when, it. <laughs> when, that, when that starts to happen, your hint or suggestion is don't develop fear around the sensation of that and just continue on with the breath practice and just see what evolves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because whatever we resist persists. And so if there's a resistance around the technique, it, it could actually become a little bit more challenging it could it could hurt it could become quite painful mm. and so if you if you notice it and say ah there's an interesting thing happening my hands are hurting okay i'm just going to keep going eventually that will release and it releases in a really euphoric wow good advice i will i will try that next time for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, that's, that's amazing, Lindsay. So, I mean, you, we've kind of covered like love of the ocean and surfing yoga in terms of asana and different styles of yoga. You're involved in the doula work and like really, um, into obviously using that same skill that you're talking about with the breathing and then bringing that into the, the doula work, uh, makes perfect sense because obviously that similar type of fear and sensation of pain and or discomfort and then transforming that to be something that you can release and relax into is pretty amazing and intense stuff. Are there any other areas that we miss like that you're really passionate about? I mean, another area that I'm curious, I do want to ask you what about in relation to music and or mantra and sound? Do you have any Mm. personal practices because you did make mention that during the birthing experience that it was like a home you know like (laughs) experience do you do you have other daily rituals routines or practices that involve sound and or music yeah so so breath work in the breath work um workshops the music is really quite intense and quite stimulating but in any type of breath work or ceremony that I, I have done in the past or I lead, I guide people towards using their voice to release their chakra energy. And I, I daily hum. I hum. I om. My children om and sing mantra with me. And I don't, I, I don't do like singing bowls all the time just because I don't have them. I'd like to have them. <laughs> But I, I do love I do love sound and I do love expression of the heart through the voice. So nice, I think that Lindsay. that is yeah. just a, a lovely daily offering is to create some sort of opening from the heart through the sound. I agree. One of my one of my favorite things about being out in the ocean and you know, big set coming and you'll start hearing people start to hoot a little bit out in the water, you know, like either to let you know, like, whoa, there's something coming, get ready or, you know, expressing real excitement for somebody having an incredible ride. And just like, you know, you're out in an open environment where it doesn't feel 
like you're doing something inappropriate by just like yelling really loud, you know, it's like usually welcomed by people. Do you find in yoga classes, do you incorporate that like into an actual asana session? Not like yelling out loud, but I have seen different like yoga modalities where they encourage people to just like really just kind of let loose and start, you know, either moving their body, shaking around, yelling at the top of their lungs. Is that something you've ever experienced or, um, or no? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Kundalini <laughs> and all of that. I've, I've even yesterday in the class, we were doing this surfer shoulder class and I had everyone reaching their arms up really high and then with a big, powerful exhale, <sighs> take their arms back behind them. And then we did it quite fast and we did it a you know, a dozen or more times, just inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And it builds this fire inside of the body that is so stimulating. And immediately after a few rounds of this big, powerful exhale, we just brought our hands to our heart center and closed our eyes and felt the floor. And some people started crying. Wow. Because it's, it's a lot to bring up that sort of energy and breath inside of your body. And so it's a beautiful way to release. So yeah, I'm all about it. I hoot in the water. (laughs) I cheer people on. (laughs) I I love the, the, the power of the voice. It's connected to the heart. Amazing. Um, What about local arts and crafts there? And in terms of board building and or board buying, do you come to the States, get new gear, fly home? Do you have local shapers? Like I, I've always, I, I practice body work and am a massage therapist and I love reading Surfer's Journal magazine and I love the part yeah. in the Surfer's Journal where they highlight the shapers and they really go into the art of crafting Uh, a homemade board and like all of the thought and planning and years of history and them learning it from their teacher and it being passed down in the evolution of the shaping process. And sometimes when I'm doing body work, I'll just to kind of keep my imagination having fun and in the process, but think of it as like a shaping process. And, um, and I'm, curious um are there local shapers there in that you that you support or what is that experience for you there in el salvador yes um just locally we have a a gentleman who goes by the name papaya and he has papaya surf shop here in town so he has been making boards for 15 years probably and he he does a great job they're beautiful boards but he just linked up with the company Sharp Eye out of San Diego, California. And the, the owners of Sharp Eye came down and they taught Papaya how to make Sharp Eye boards. Oh, so wow. I think there's this cool collaboration going on. And, and the reason that they did that, because they obviously want to increase the, the brand, but they also want people to be on really well-made boards that they can get at a good deal here locally in El Salvador versus paying mm. the the higher U.S. price point. That's really cool. And so all the guys, all the young guys, including my husband, my husband just bought one of Papaya's Sharp Eye boards. Nice. 
are, yeah, they're on that board now. Very cool. Do, do you practice body work or do you have a team of body workers that help work for you at the, at your retreat center? Yeah, they're local ladies. They are some wonderful local ladies that hold space for body work. And I, I always get to the benefit of getting to interview them. (laughs) (laughs) So I get worked on. Yes. Let me see if you're, um, let me see if you're any good. Oh, actually you're really good. Keep going. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, I have recently found a woman who blew my mind. She's a a local woman here and she's been doing body work, self-trained for 20 years. And she is an incredible healer in that way. And so she is training some of the other local women in the community. And I feel like that takes us back to the roots of what body work used to be. It used to be a mentor and a student. And I really love seeing that, that blossom in this community. Wow. And I like being on the receiving end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm totally sold, Lindsay. I want to come down there and hang out with you guys. Yes. That sounds Please. so fun. I mean, surfing yoga, breath work, body work, amazing food, cafe in Balinese style. I, uh, I don't know that I can think of anything else to add to that. That could make it any better personally. I'm sure you've been thinking of different things, but I, don't, I, I mean, I don't think you would need any more. Like that sounds like such an incredible combination. So I hope um, anyone listening um, please, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you, Lindsay, to go to your website and or via Instagram and just send you a message or yeah. is that your favorite I, info, email or info at El Salvador will get you to the right place cool. and you can message on any channel, but, but that's the best email address. Yay. Very cool. And I, if anyone is interested in taking a yoga retreat and surf retreat to El Salvador, uh, definitely contact me as well. I'm hoping that we can come down there, Lindsay. That would be so amazing. I really, I've always wanted to go and I have friends here in Florida that go regularly just because they love that it's not Costa Rica and in terms of it's, it's, I hear El Salvador is not as like built up as Costa Rica is. Is that, is that true? Yeah, totally true. Yeah, yeah little, it's, it's just like different. Or, yeah, yeah. It's different in regards to tourism. I think mm-hmm. Costa Rica has really, uh, have they have an advanced tourism program. And, and here in El Salvador, we're just, uh, we're learning. Yeah. <laughs> we're learning. We're always the student. And, and we're having a lot of fun taking people and, and, and really immersing them in the culture of what it's like here and how beautiful this country is. Wow. That's amazing, Lindsay. Well, thank you. I'm curious. Do you have anything that you would like to close our conversation with, such as a prayer, a wish, a dream, mm. an intention, a, a thought? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's, it will probably just be around choice. So let's go back into choice. There's, um, 
I'm a big fan of a lot of different books. And there's a book that I, I recommend to people all the time called A Man's Search for Meaning. Have you ever read that book? I have not. A Man's it's a, Search it's for a, Meaning. Yeah, it's a, it's a book about a gentleman's choice during the time of the Holocaust. So it's a very heavy book in that way. But the lightness that comes out of it is that you have choice in how you respond to other people's choices. And so I I would like to leave everyone with that, that there's a gentle way to be in the world, whether you're out surfing or you're in the comparison trap or you're on social media and you're seeing, oh, they live so great. But, But really, you have choice in your own life to choose greatness. So... Namaste. I hope everyone chooses <laughs> greatness for themselves. Thank you, Lindsay. That's perfect. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I really uh, appreciate you taking time to speak with me and to organize out of your busy schedule. And I look forward to having a chance to actually meet you in person. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, I will put this up on our YouTube channel. Also, Lindsay, I know, noticed that you have a YouTube channel as well, Lindsay Gonzalez. I went ahead and followed you today. So everyone listening, at least go and um, give Lindsay a, a like, a follow, a comment. <laughs> and um, Thank you. we appreciate it. We like to know that people are watching and listening and all that great stuff. Um, so on that note, thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Thanks so much. All right. Great connection. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Native Yoga Toddcast is produced by myself. The theme music is dreamed up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review, and join us next time. <laughs>